This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. At some point, I was kind of expecting you to have JFDI just tattooed, right? <laughs> on, on your knuckles, just, just, just do it, right? I can feel your excitement for the bigger picture piece. And it's, it's infectious. I think there's a, a lot from both a character, a personality, and just a, a, perhaps a background and experience point mm. of view that will help take everything in Risk Fluent to the next level. You're so much more articulate than me as well, Pete, so I think people will find it quite refreshing if you're on the podcast a little bit more. So I love some of the listeners that I've had some feedback from, and they said, Pete, I've loved hearing your stories, but I felt like I needed a thesaurus, right, <laughs> every time you started speaking. So I'm gonna put you on the spot for a yeah. second, like James. What are you most excited about? I do think there is some really fucking cool shit we could do on the technical side of things as well. Approach that in a way where it is value-add to the success of the operations. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to this are thinking, yeah, operational risk management sounds like the future of where safety needs yeah. to be. Are we as safety professionals purely about compliance? No, are mm. we? I was going to say, be, never mind. Uh, we're not. We're not about just compliance. We're about so much more than that. The biggest challenge I discovered, you have to help a company unlearn safety first before yeah. learning safety, really. Yeah. For me, safety is an outcome of operational excellence. Mm. And I cannot wait to get my teeth into helping businesses be the best that they can possibly be. To make safety better for yeah. them, their business, their people, mm. and their future. I'm buzzing, mate. And then if we fuck it up, we can always just cut it. Hello everyone, welcome to Brand New Safety. Obviously in the last episode I said um, we're going to announce who the person is that we, that's joining the team and for some strange reason, Peter, you're sitting here in the room. I'm indeed. Uh, so obviously it's Peter Jenkins. So I reckon everyone that, I reckon most people that listen to Rebrand and Safety Watch will probably already know who you are. I'd like to think so, um, unless people have forgotten about the quarterly co-hosts that I did. Already, yeah, three which, whole episodes. Three whole episodes that, that might not be point. ideal. That is a good point, actually. <laughs> and not so long ago, you were the second to most recent, I think. I think Tom so. Garrett is the most recent, I think, before that yeah, was yeah. you. So, yeah, yeah. And it didn't come from that, actually, either, did it? So that was, um, no. maybe people will be like, oh, maybe they got talking after yeah. the quarterly co-host. No, not, not the case. Well, so, go on. I, I think we, we've jumped up quite a bit, because I know that, and I think it was the first episode, I said long-time listener, first-time caller, <laughs> and now it's first-time employee for, for Risk Fluent as well, <laughs> really. True. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm, I'm delighted to be joining both you and Cherry as part of Risk Fluent as a senior partner yeah. within the business. This comes at a wonderful time for Risk Fluent and a wonderful time really for the profession, for the industry, mm. just with so much technical, transformational and I've got innovative, cutting edge stuff that's going on. Mm. Honestly, I cannot wait. Absolutely can't wait to get started. You're so much more articulate than me as well, Pete. So I think people will find it quite refreshing if you're on the podcast a little bit more. I'm like, shit, that was so much better than what I had planned in my head. I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I, I did, I was, I love some of the listeners that I've had some feedback from and they said, Pete, we've loved listening to you, we've loved hearing your stories, but I felt like I needed a thesaurus, right, every time you started speaking. So I think this time, this time, I'm going to try and keep it, I'm going to try and do less Pete. How do you, how do you, like, so I get similar feedback. See, I told you once we press record and just start talking, we'll go into yeah. it. But ultimately, and I want to come, I'm, I'm going to bring it back to talk about what we're going to do within the business and stuff like that. Yeah. But 
I think you and the thesaurus feedback <laughs> is the same as me and the swearing feedback. Like, oh, James, <laughs> I love what you do, but I wish you could stop fucking swearing. Yeah. How do you, in your head, f- compute with that? Because I'm not going to lie, it's gone through my head. Like, yeah. I, Peter is phenomenal. And you, the way your brain works, and everyone will say it, is I'm just mind-blowing. But yeah, I've sat there sometimes and gone, what did he just say? Um, how do you kind of compute? Because that's kind of gone through my head is that some, maybe some of our customers might be yeah. a bit like that. So, and I'm conscious whether sometimes I turn the swearing, I never turn it up. I think it's always just up, but yeah. sometimes turn it down. Do you have that in your head as well? Or? So I, I, I do, I do, but it's it's slightly different in, in some ways. So I'm a massive believer that to be the best version of yourself as a professional, you have to have the world-class best communication techniques and abilities possible. Right. And actually having a bit of reflection on a lot of the feedback that I've been given, yeah. kind of said, actually, Pete, tone it down a bit. Just right. let's just just turn it down a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. so that you can be more effective, that you can be an effective communicator. Mm. You can have the best ideas in the world, but they're going to mean jack shit if people can't understand them. <laughs> yeah. If they don't know what you're talking about. So and do you do you reflect on it and you think you've turned it down or you? I, I do. I do. Ramp, did it depend on situations as well um, sometimes or audience? A, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So I think where I'm really excited for taking my career for my the, the rest of my life is just making sure that whatever we're talking about, it's simple, it's understandable, mm. it's effective, but it is applicable. I cannot wait for every time we're having a chat on things like rebranding safety from everything that we do in work together, going through everything with clients, customers, listeners, you name it, and they get it. Yeah, yeah. Because there's almost no way that they couldn't get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it has to be simple. It has to be easy to digest. It does not work if it is. Exactly, exactly. So it's actually, I, I owe a lot really to the opportunities that I've had through doing the podcast with you through just time that we spent together on the health and safety network mm. everything to try and actually just think how can i be the best version of myself mm. through making everything that i say simpler yeah that's so cool because i just um it's so we, we've been texting about drive to survive and you know oh, Gun, gotcha. you know gunfer yeah he drives and he swears a lot yeah and so i obviously re- like just i connect to him immediately because yeah. he's just so authentic and like he's like yeah, yeah i swear and that's just and and I've just listened on the way here. Yeah. Um, to him on the high performance podcast. Oh have yeah. You listened. To I it? have. It's an amazing episode. Really good. So I found it really interesting that at the end, I felt that what they you know they summarise what they've yeah. learned from it. I personally think they got it way wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Because they they at the end they were like so Gunther said a few times in there like. I don't watch Drive to Survive because the what you see on Drive to Survive is me. Yeah. And that is that is me doing my job. Yeah. So basically what he said is what we see on Netflix is is authentically him. Yeah. At the end of the show, they summarized it to go on this podcast, it was nice to see the un, unedited, non-bombastic, I think they said, yeah. like no swearing, just the true gunfire. And I was like, no, no, no. He literally said that what he's doing for you now exactly. is turning the swearing off because you asked him to. I totally So it yeah. wasn't an offence. So what, what yeah. I thought was, they don't like the swearing, I think. Hmm. 
so they've in, they've perceived him completely different. They yeah. perceive him as a. They actually use the phrase caricature of the the of him in Drive to Survive, and what yeah. they got was a real version. And it made me reflect on me, which is when you were talking about the thesaurus thing, made me ref, yeah. think about me reflecting on me. If that makes sense, of like, are people perceiving me completely different? Yeah. If they do or don't like mind swearing. I thought it's interesting. No, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I think that there's a lot of listeners that will be kind of reflecting on just what we're talking about now and thinking, does changing the way that I am or the way that I interact with certain stakeholders, certain people, negatively affect my integrity? Mm. Am I, am I, am I being false? Yeah, am I being yeah. false? I'm being less authentic. No, I say, mm. I say no. Yeah. I say would because I'd say in essence that makes you a better communicator in those certain circumstances. Mm. But perhaps... From the fundamentals, when you look at things like swearing, when you look at things like keeping it simple, mm. I think there's a load. Just everyone can kind of just be true to themselves yeah. around that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I genuinely, as I say, very, very excited by what is to come. Really, really am. Mm. I'm quite excited just to have more conversations like this. In a way, just uh, nice to have like me and Shez talk about mm. like this all the time. Yeah. Like just like, I think, don't know whether she likes it or not, but I just like talking <laughs> like this. But yeah, that was cool. Right, okay, so back on track. Go so we put a post out a while ago, and, and if anyone who's watching this, listen to this, had saw the post, they'd be like, wow, Peter's kind of took a massive step down. So that's not really true. What happened was we were kind of going through this process, and I'll be honest, we were getting to a point where we're thinking, shit, actually, we're not going to get, I think, what we need, mm. which is a problem because I needed someone that could really just take over a large chunk of the customer base and hit the ground running, which yeah. obviously you could. And then I, rem I was literally come off the back of a network call, which you were in, yeah. and you were asking a load of questions about like my, me and the role and how it's mm. like. Um, but I genuinely didn't get a vibe that you yeah. were that you were probing. I don't know if you were in the moment, but I didn't get a vibe. I was I was probing a little bit. Yeah, didn't get it. I did <laughs> not get it because in my and that's why when I texted you back when after you texted me, I was like, mate, I yeah. didn't even think that you would be um, that you would be kind of one definitely not in our price range. We kind of had to have a conversation about. It. But ultimately, the next one was like it was like I just didn't even see it as a because. I, I don't know, I had blinders on that we had and could only work yeah. with an entry-level one and we were just going to have to kind of suck it up. Yeah. Um, and when you messaged me, I was sitting downstairs and I'd come off that call and me and Colin had stayed on the call afterwards and I yeah. said to Colin, I don't know, I'm a bit worried. I think I think I might need to up this, like yeah. my salary range quite a lot. Might have to reassess what I'm looking for. And I came downstairs fucking bummed out, yeah. like proper bummed out. And I said, this shares like... I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how to do this. And we were talking and literally my phone went, yeah. and, it, and, I, and I literally went, hang on a minute, Shez. Peter Jenkins just messaged me and she went, fuck off. And I went, no, seriously. And she was like, what, about the, about the role? And I was like, yeah. So obviously I read out your four-page letter that you'd wrote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, come on, it's a modern cover letter. No, you just put it on, <laughs> put it on WhatsApp, it's fine. So I messaged like a couple of par I read the couple of paragraphs out to Shez yeah. and we both just sat there and was like, fucking hell. Yeah. And and if I'm honest, in that moment it I'd already decided. Yeah. I was like, yeah, one hundred percent. Like I will make this work. Because I yeah. knew straight off, like, you're a head of safety. That is one hundred percent what mm -hmm. we needed. But ultimately I was like, 
that is totally going to need to be renegotiated, which I don't want to talk about in here. It's not yeah. a place to talk about. But ultimately, it was like, I, I didn't matter. I yeah. needed to make that work. Do you know, I, I totally really appreciate you hearing that, James. I really do. And it's for, from the other side. I mean, I'll give you, I, to be fair, I'll give listeners as well a bit of an insight into a sort of couple of thought processes that kind of went through my mind in anticipation of this and kind of mm. as we went through things. So to start with, let, let's, if we just kind of chart career progression by title to date, mm. right? So finished a uh, four-year sandwich degree on environmental health or in environmental health, where I was a student environmental health officer for a year in a local council. Finished that, did graduate ambassador, which was kind of soft skill development sessions going out across the UK uh, to basically deliver everything from presentation skills, interview skills, how to revise properly, what kind of learner are you, all of that really good stuff. Uh, to 16 to 18 year olds in anticipation of them coming into higher education. Cool. Loved it, but a year's contract, got to the end of that and thought, geez, I'm, I'd better do something with my degree right, <laughs> at this point because I had nothing to do with it. So went down to London as assistant health and safety manager at the uh, London Hilton on Park Lane. So assistant manager technically from, from a health and safety function from that point of view. Left London, went up to food manufacturing to start as health and safety advisor. So kind of gone, uh, this is 2013, student environmental health officer, then 2015, graduate ambassador, 2016, she, uh, sorry, yeah, 2016, she advisor, 2017, she manager, and then I think it was 2020, 2019, 2020, 2020, I think, uh, was then group health and safety manager, and then this year was head of safety. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't shy away from the fact that by the time that I joined, Miss Fluent, I've only been head of safety for six months. Mm. From my point of view, I, I genuinely, I've loved working with the team that I have done as head of safety. Some mm. fantastic work that goes on across an organisation with over 20,000 employees. You know, mm. it's, a, it's a hell of a thing to be involved with. And some of the activities that I've managed to have touch points with, engage with, gee, some people spend their entire careers not going anywhere near those mm. type of things. Mm. But fundamentally, to have the opportunity to take a step back for a second and say right well actually every time i take a step up i'm narrowing what i want what, what i can ultimately do with my life almost in some respects i feel like i'm just getting to the top of an apex in health and safety that it's very difficult to move either side of it's very difficult oh, okay. to move out of right and it's very difficult in some respects once you can specialize in a certain area or a certain I'm going to say either process or kind of element within safety, be that a certain transformational bit, a certain technical bit, mm. to then jump out and apply yourself elsewhere. Mm. And I thought, geez, I've turned 30. This is uh, an opportunity now to say, what, this is where my life trajectory really is. This is where I really want to take it. Mm. And I've been fortunate enough to have an opportunity to reflect on that through some recent annual leave. And literally got to the end of that annual leave and then saw that you were posting a job and thought, oh my God, the stars have aligned here. <laughs> I get an opportunity to help a thriving business, a startup stage that's literally changing the face of safety. Literally, oh God, without wanting to get too cheesy here, rebranding safety. <laughs> one intervention, ding one time. podcast at a time. <laughs> ding, 50 points. But that's what you're doing. And you're making massive strides as part of that. So to be able to kind of get in at the ground level almost and say, right, this is the first stage growth. 
Mm. How can I help? How can I help change the face of the profession from within this business, from within the opportunities that it presents itself, working across a load of different sectors with a load of different businesses, everything from small one employee businesses all the way through to major multinationals. Mm. I mean, this is an incredible opportunity from that point of view. And I'll be honest with you, if worse comes to worst, I've got another 30 odd years worth of working before I have a chance yeah, to retire. To shit, you're so, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, genuinely serious though, it's it's very much a it's less about perhaps a career step back as much as it's a life Strategic step up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I, mean, I, I do find interest it. interestingly as well, like are we kind of talking about it like it's a step down or a step up, but like what what does that what defines that? Like the size of the company, there is That's this question. There is this thing where it is like yeah. a step up is a, is a step up in title, salary, and size of business or yeah. brand. And I'm just kind of like because nah, I think it's very yeah. different to work for a corporate than it is a medium business or a small Something business great. or a startup or whatever. Yeah. And actually, some people thrive in corporate environments. Yeah. Personally, I don't like working for corporates was the, the worst thing I could have ever done. Yeah. Um, I'm working with some of our smaller customers. Like I just love how dynamic it is, and Absolutely how. Great. So yeah, I do think there is maybe a bit of societal. I don't know. Well, it, it's classes. Maybe a different know. question is: How do we as professionals define the value that either we give or that we feel we provide? Mm. Is it based on a title hierarchy or is it based on the fulfillment that we get from what we do? Yeah, true. Because I, I, again, I say I'd had a lot of opportunity to reflect over sort of recent months, really. And when I was saying about that jump from uh, finishing my degree to going to graduate ambassador, yeah. at that time that I was in graduate ambassador, I had the opportunity to do a lot of volunteering. But a lot of my volunteering was actually focused on commercialising small and medium enterprises and public sector services right. for uh, compliance-based approaches around environmental health. Mm. So uh, there's a lot of words there, and I really said a lot, but imagine <laughs> imagine if you wanted to say, right, how can I commercialize supporting uh, cafes and restaurants with yeah. their food safety requirements? Right. And contributing to their like margins, so to speak, instead of it being just a well, so it's a literally look, looking at whoever was going to try and deliver that solution, yeah. but then saying, right, how can we commercialise it? How mm. can we basically make it profitable, oh, right, successful okay, and sustainable? And a lot of my kind of volunteering from probably 2015 up to kind of 2019, pretty much the start of COVID, mm. was really focused on that. And I loved it. Mm. I absolutely loved it. I got, I got, oh God, seeing these kind of businesses thrive and fly was brilliant. The, the, there is a bit of a cop out here because I, unfortunately there was a lot of NDAs so I can't really talk about a lot of them and I know how, I know how that sounds. I love an NDA. I know how that sounds but again to kind of when this came up and to think right geez this fits so much into something that I spent years of my life doing outside of work but now I have the opportunity to well, get paid for it a little bit Yeah. is it, again it it just really spoke to me and it really kind of gave me an opportunity to think nice. this this is something that is fundamentally fulfilling in so many different ways. So yeah. why wouldn't why wouldn't you take yeah, yeah. The, the chance and, and go for it and really make a difference in, in different ways? Wow, amazing. When I um was thinking about it and and we are so different in so many ways, but then quite similar in so many other ways as well. But 
ultimately I am not a very thorough person at yeah. all. I'm not detail oriented at all, which I you yeah. clearly are very thorough and very detail oriented. So which yeah. I really quite like the different dynamics of like yeah. I think I think actually the, the, the company like Risk Fluid is hugely gonna benefit yeah. from like just how how different your brain works to how mine does, but yet we are quite aligned in that approach and what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. There's that consistent golden thread, but ultimately our different what our brains work different, which I think yeah. for our customers would be a, a great thing. But working together, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. That sometimes it might be that James great. needs to be a bit more Pete and Pete needs to be a bit more James sometimes. But yeah. ultimately like I think that's going to be real yeah. interesting. I, I do you know I, I at some point I was kind of expecting you to have JFDI just tattooed, right? <laughs> on, on your knuckles. Yeah. Just let's just just do it, right? Let's yeah, just, let's it's very it much my approach. And for me, I mean it's this is I said at the start of this, I I don't have a pen and a notepad yeah. here at the moment and I've been I feel almost naked. <laughs> I genuinely, I genuinely feel pretty much naked for not having kind of like copious notes that I'm making to try and think, well, what point am I going to make next? Yeah, How does yeah. that kind of link back to what we've said? Yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think there's a, a lot from both a character, a personality, and just a, a perhaps a background and experience point mm. of view that will help take everything in Risk Fluent to the next level, mm. but also to take what is already happening and say, right, well, how can we take what's good make it great take what's great make it the best literally mm. it possibly can be yeah at this point i was about to segue into a couple of things but i don't know if i don't know if we can talk about them um at the moment for what's I coming what up they are so well i was just thinking really we come about... out if <laughs> yeah yeah if, you, if suddenly kind of like you hear us mid lap after not saying anything <laughs> yet we know that we've kind of cut it a little bit but i know that we were saying that there's uh quite a few different bits sort of from if we think about like risk fluent uh generally speaking what, what what's offered we can I suppose categorize it with trans uh, technical, yep. transformational, yep. and then fire. Yep. Really, from that point of view. So, I'm going to put you on the spot for a yep. second, right, James? What are you most excited about? Oh. my my passion is 100% transformational. Yeah. The the I think the technical side of the business needs someone with with your brain. Yeah. With your kind of your you've over the years in like the network previously Malia yeah. like it's fascinated me to just watch you like I remember mid COVID mm. and like sitting there listening to you sometimes being like the freaking size of the molecule is this and the size of yeah. the and I was just like I'm like <laughs> I haven't even like I was running a trade I was a head of safety for a trade association like a mm. whole industry and I was like I haven't looked in, in, into it this far. So it was like there's there's that part of of it where I am massively excited yeah. to see you with the, with the customers, mm. but also get some a different way of thinking about things on the transformational side as well because I don't want the transformational side to be the world according to James because that's never yeah. going to be a good thing. So there's that. If I was to, I, I do think there is some really fucking cool shit we could do on the technical side of things as well like yeah for in, i want to approach 
So technical, so I better explain for the for customers, for the listeners in case. So what we call technical and risk fluent is essentially SHEC, is safety, health, environment and quality. So it's a bog standard approach to like health and safety, but it, it's not the bog standard approach to safety, obviously, because that's kind of, we try to do it a little bit different, but it it is normal safety consultancy. Yeah. And then transformational is what people would look at as like, hop consultancy new view culture change behavioral based safety it's all of that stuff yeah so typically in the transformational side we're working with safety teams and and more mature businesses in quotations mm. and typically in the technical side the check work is very much smaller businesses and sometimes it very much is they they need this badge and they need that yeah but so much potential there to approach that differently mm. and approach that because approach that in a way where it is value add to the oper- the success of the operations yeah and and look at it more holistically and have conversations where like we're going actually we've got time to sit and go what's coming up and what's changing and what are we mm. seeing out here that we need to tell our customers about yeah and proper risk management instead of just shitty rams and stuff like yeah. that so actually like whilst i am excited about the transformational side i am actually more excited about it not being technical and transformational yeah. about it being it's just one fucking approach to risk management yeah and I, and I genuinely think this is kind of the first step towards that now because yeah i can get a little bit of brain space to go into that uh to to come and kind of focus on that business development whilst also mm-hmm. having someone to bounce stuff off of yeah. who thinks slightly differently to me yeah so I think this is the first step of it not being two different departments and actually yeah. just being the way we we do what I would love it to be called one day in operational risk management. Yeah. So a very, very long answer to that question, but that that's probably where my brain's going and what I'm more excited about. I can feel your excitement for the bigger pitch piece. Mm. I, I completely can. Mm. And it's, it's infectious. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to this that are thinking, yeah, operational risk management sounds like the future of where safety needs yeah, to be. Hopefully, <laughs> from for, certainly from, from my point of view, I see so many benefits for businesses of every size. Rather than necessarily thinking, "Oh, today I'm going to be looking at pure," tomorrow I'm going to look mm. at work at night, tomorrow next I'm going to work at confined space. Don't get me wrong; topical health and safety will always be important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but arguably. Should we necessarily be pitching everything we do topically, or should we actually be thinking, well, let's look at more of the the patterns behind stuff? Mm. I mean, there was um, a, a quote that I've used from you quite a lot that I'm about to butcher now completely. From me? From you. Oh from you. God. And I've, I've repeated this many, many a time. Um, and it's where you described uh, how we view safety in a business mm. and the way that we talk about it, the way that we, we share the excitement about it, or in some ways actually we don't share the excitement yeah, about yeah, it yeah. because we wouldn't go to a finance business partner and say, mm. your target this year, mate, yeah. break even. Yeah, like yeah. what? No, get yeah. out. Mm. Not going to happen. You've yeah. had the profit. Yeah. And in the same vein, compliance, level zero of compliance mm. and safety, it's just do what we need to do is breaking even. Yeah. But are we as safety professionals purely about compliance? No, are we? Mm. I was going to say, be, never mind. Uh, we're not. We're yeah, not. Yeah. We're not about just compliance. We're about so much more than that. We're about yeah. the profit yeah. in safety. Yeah. And actually, 
rather than necessarily talking about topics. Well, in some cases, sometimes we might need to bring it back down to basics and go through mm. information, instruction, supervision, and training. Mm -hmm. The vast majority throughout my entire career to date of public liability, motor fleet, and employer liability incidents and accidents that have occurred can pretty much be brought back down to the simple four things. Mm. Have we told people what they're doing? Yeah. Have we got proof that they know what we're doing, uh, what we're doing, what they're doing? Is there enough supervision? Do we have documented systems that are basically following a PDCA cycle that takes all of that, brings it together, improves it, mm. links it back to people? A very basic example would be saying, right, have you got risk assessments and safe systems work? Mm. And if you do, are they linked up together? Yeah. Are you giving people four bits of documents when mm. actually you could just give them a pictorial-based safe system of work yeah. that integrates the controls in each procedural step, mm. get one sign-off, and you've done everything that you need to do at yeah. that point. And that's, for me, that, that's where I'm really excited about thinking about the patterns, thinking about how we can just make it simpler, make it better, make it more effective for everyone, for the business owners, the managers, the supervisors, but critically... The people at the front line mm. who need it the most. Yeah, that I cannot wait to properly sink my teeth into because there's some amazing changes. There's that we so can much there. There's so much there as well. Like I, I, I fucking love looking at out like different professions and how they do what mm. they do and comparing it to safety and finance often comes up in my brain if you were to sit in a boardroom like if you were to just look at the way we report on safety and i did this exercise with a customer the other day where it said okay here's a hit with the boardroom and you're the finance director and it's yeah. your agenda item now to give the monthly report for finance roughly how many things are you bringing up and they were like i don't know like the tax calculations, uh, the cost of the business, the new sales maybe or sales yeah. this month, uh, cash flow maybe, um, budgets, forecasts. Yeah, it's all right. Oh, that's better. Um, cash flow, like they list, they listed about six things. Yeah, and and then I was like, all right, cool. Went to a different person. Uh, you're now the director of safety, and it's your agenda item for safety. Yeah. How many things you're bringing up? Um, audits, yep. Accidents and incidents, yep. Near misses, yep. Um, yeah, that's probably it. And I was like, wow. So let's compare that now to the equivalent in finance. What are we saying? Um, accidents. Um, we, we've not gone bankrupt this month, so that's yeah. good news, everybody. Well done. Um, audits, um, yeah, the tax man's not turned up this month, so that's yeah. good. Um, near misses, uh, yeah, everyone's paid us this month. Yeah, that's it. And I tell you what, I'll throw another happens. wild card in there, and this is one that I'm a massive, massive believer of. You can't improve what you don't measure, and you don't measure what you don't know. And the mm. amount of businesses that will audit something and then not track the actions mm. that come up from it, not put those as a performance indicator. Mm. I mean, it, when you can't, if I, if I, it sounds so obvious when you say it, but an effective business from a safety point of view will have closed out all of their actions from an accident. Mm. But how many businesses have got all of those actions from their accidents on a tracker mm. that when it comes down to those meetings and they say, right, how many people have had accidents this month? Oh, we've mm. had five. No, I, don't know when, I don't know when that's cut off. <laughs> but yeah, so you... <laughs> That's annoying, isn't it? I tell you what, though, how good is the fact that you've got like an actual slap cut? That yeah, with the it's window. like I knew. It's like I, I knew subconsciously. Knew yeah. <laughs> if only I didn't fucking look at the 
the, uh, the, the, the camera when I did it, just because yeah. I was just so into our conversation. So are we, we going to say, basically, we, um, if, if I can... Yeah. <laughs> right, for those who have now just literally heard a very strange slap sound um, yeah. uh, fr from there, uh, the camera literally just cut out mm. right as James closed the window. Mm. Obviously, surprised the camera, right? I think it's fair to say. That mm. engrossed in the conversation... It woke up. It woke yeah. up. Right? Yeah, and was like, shit, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah. there you go. So but you were talking about how how businesses essentially don't, are not very good at tracking this, like, we'll, we'll track incidents, but we're not yeah. tracking our response to those Exactly, incidents. 100%. And when I think about some of the major value that safety professionals can add, don't get me wrong, tracking things like the amount of accidents that we have, where these accidents happen, what topics they're involved with, really really important but as a business owner or business owners or mds that i've spoken to I say what's more important to you knowing that you've had five accidents or knowing that the 20 actions that have come from them have all been closed out within a set period of time mm. and a hundred percent of those actions have been validated by your competent person mm. in the business mm. because for me don't get me wrong i want to know that i've had accidents but i also want to know that the actions that will stop them happening again have mm. been done yeah. and the competent person that we've employed to, to help us out with this stuff has double checked them. Yeah. And, and As, I, yeah. I, I would hold my hands up and say like our customers have not had that in like that. What you, yeah. and, and, and that is where when you message me that, that shit mm. how, is when I say how Peter's brain works yeah. it's stuff like that. Just logical like okay we're doing this but are we following up on that and i just i think that yeah our customers are going to benefit so much from that i will say that we've got a, a wife and a child on their way up so this I'll, is going to end well I'll, I'll keep this very brief then and bring it back to a bit of drive to survive and will buxton-esque quote here right oh yeah to stop accidents from happening you need to complete the actions that will stop those accidents from happening yeah yeah and and just <laughs> i just for me, it's like we can really take this, particularly the technical side of safety, and just there's so many businesses out there still now to this day, yeah, who do safety shit, yeah, even though they're interacting with some big companies. I've got to jump in. I've got to jump in, right? I do want to stress though that the fact that they might not be doing it in the best way isn't necessarily on purpose. Oh no, and they they think they're doing it good. People, we, we only know what we know, yeah, and we only know what yeah, we're yeah. aware of that we understand. And again, one of the re real things that I'm so excited for with the work that we get to do together is engaging mm. with all of these businesses who want to improve their safety, yeah. who literally who've engaged with us at Risk Fluent yeah. to make safety better for yeah. them, their business, their people, mm. and their future. So and the thing you'll learn, incredible. The thing you'll you'll you you probably learn. I'm gonna say you don't know it. You probably yeah. do know it. But the biggest challenge I discovered was you have to help a company unlearn safety first before yeah. learning safety. Really, yeah. because they're like, well, the rams are getting pr approved. So, yeah. and you, and you look at the rams and you're like, fucking hell, how are these yeah. getting approved? And and it it very much is just like the way that people do it, they don't know any other, so they think yeah. it's good safety. So yeah. you are, we have to help them unlearn it first. And that's why yeah. when, I think, in my head I expected when you said what am I excited about the most, I, I expected to say the transfer, having time to do the transformational yeah. stuff, but actually I am more excited about seeing what we could do in the technical side of things yeah. and bringing that to the transformational side of things. They, so they're not different. I totally 
totally agree with you. And it's like you were saying at the start, these aren't mutually exclusive things. No. They, they link together, they are holistic mm. as part of a bigger picture of improving safety, of improving operational performance. Yeah. I, I, I said it to you before, I think I said it in a previous, uh, in one of the quarterly co-hosts, for me, safety is an outcome of operational excellence. Mm. And I cannot wait to get my teeth into helping businesses be the best that they can possibly be. Because that is... Mate. I'm buzzing, mate. And well, that's the first episode of that you've been involved in Rebanner Safety show, as we're calling it for now. Um, but thank you very much, and welcome to the team. Thank you mate. very much. I right, honestly, I couldn't be happier. Really couldn't. Me too. Oh. expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the companies. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic or otherwise, without prior written permission from James McPherson. Thank you.